We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Give out a shout out, special shout out to Lisa Lucas, who is on every week on our page and encouraging us on our live stream. God bless you, Lisa. Everyone say, God bless you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Nothing goes unnoticed, I promise you. We are starting a brand new sermon series today, and it is called Born for This, all right? And uh, Mark Twain once said, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. We know and celebrate the day we are born. People bring a cake with candles balloons, and gifts to celebrate our birthday. We even have reminders on Facebook and Google Calendar to help us keep up with the birthdays. But that other important day Mark Twain spoke of, the day we find out why we were born, that day is not so widely known, nor is it widely celebrated. You were born, but do you know why? What is it that you were born for? Why were you placed on this earth? Today, I want you to find your why. In this first week of the Born for This series, I want you to find your why. Somebody say why. Where should we look to find our why? Some would tell you to look within. So look within. What is this? This is actually called humanism. Humanism does it. When it focuses on human potential, what, how good can a human be? How fast can a, a, a human run? How, what, what, how, how efficient can a human being uh, be? And we aren't all that efficient because now we found out we can build robots that are faster than us, smarter than us. Look out, they will run quicker than you before you know about it. I think I've seen that movie. We should maybe stop with the killer robots, right? But but looking within, what does that do for you? Because you're broken. You're confused. You're often aimless. And looking inside of you just gives you more of the same. And also, if you look within, there's a big problem on that. We become self-centered when we look at self. When the focus of our life is self, we've seen a lot of ugly things happen. So let's do away with that, not look within. What about this one? Look beside you. This is like trying to cheat off your neighbor in math class. And you're like, I hope they studied. I don't know if they studied. And everybody's just looking. I'm not sure. I think it's this, but I don't know. What, you know it, we've been there, right? Looking beside you is a risky proposition. It really is. We have looked to the celebrities only to find that they aren't happy. They're depressed and sad. What are we looking at them for? We have looked to our government leaders only to find out that they have no answers. All they do is blame the other guy. That's their whole thing. That's their spiel. We have looked to the highly intelligent. At least we told that they're highly intelligent. We, we, they have a, a, a degree on their wall that says, I am highly intelligent. I am in so much student debt to get this piece of paper but it says I'm very intelligent. 
I can't afford to buy food because I bought this paper. But be impressed with this paper. It's a thing, right? I'm not telling, I'm not telling you any lies. But, but have we found them to be proven wrong time and time again, the intelligentsia of our world? While we appreciate science, okay, not a, I, I do not hate science. It was not my best uh, field in, in high school. I was terrible at it. While we appreciate science, though, let's remember that today's science is often proven wrong with tomorrow's evidence. So maybe uh, the science, which is an observation of what is beside us, what is around us, maybe we shouldn't look within, maybe we shouldn't look beside us. I'm going to suggest to you today, when you are looking for your why, you look to the creator. Look to the creator. If you really want to understand a device or invention, you must talk to either the creator or the owner's manual, right? This keyboard over here is very complex. This iPad over here does things I, I don't know about. But if I will ask the person that put it together, they will give me insight on what it's all about, why it was created. And they will even form a manual that I can look to. Do we have a creator? What's his name? It's God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our creator. And he has given us an owner's manual. What's that owner's manual called? It's called Yo Bible. Look at somebody say Yo Bible. Have we been looking to the creator and what he says in his manual? Have we been doing that? If not, I want to tell you that you might be getting some things wrong. I want you to know today that if you don't know the proper use, you are likely to misuse. Everyone follow that? So I don't know if anyone ever has this problem. Earlier today, I was uh, wanting to um, I was wanting to comb my hair, and I don't know. One of those kids took my brush and my comb, and so I was like, "Now what am I going to do? If I'm not beautiful, I can't go and preach to these wonderful people. They're expecting me." To look absolutely fantastic. And so in my, you know, I'm just exasperated. But, but you, would, you would know it. I looked down there and I, I found something. It was right by the sink. Um, I found this right here. And I was like, oh, great. This is so good. I can now comb my hair. All right. How fabulous do I look? And I'm like, how have I never paid attention to this object before? It is actually way way nicer than the Dollar Tree combs that I've bought. It's got a reach to it. It's really good. I mean, sometimes when you have to comb, you have to reach way back there. But look at this reach right there. Look at that. Look at that. I expected applause. Oh, thank you. My gosh. I, I was like, what? why haven't I used this object before? But And then I was like, my gosh, what other things could this be used for? Look at this. It is a back scratcher. It is really, it feels really great on your back. Also, you know what? In a pinch, you could put some toothpaste right there. And you could, you could just take that to town. Sparkly teen. What? Uh, not only that, I, I have, we had spaghetti last night. Children, I actually found out that this is a great serving uh, utensil for spaghetti and other noodles, right? 
Would anyone like to borrow this for any of those purposes? Does anybody want to touch this at all? All right. Thankfully, I, I want to tell you this is brand new. This is brand new. And what is the name of this device? It is a toilet brush. The reason it's got to reach is because it's touching places you don't want to touch. You want to get reaching far to touch the gross little squirrely things. And to use this in any other way is a misuse. Would you agree? All right. Thank you very much. Our society has not looked to the creator and his owner's manual to understand the proper use of things. So that, that example I just gave you with the toilet brush, apply it to marriage. We are using marriage. We are not using it properly, but we are misusing it. Sexuality, we don't understand it. We can't come to grips about it. We have a creator who created it, and he's given us a book to understand it. But we are misusing it all over the place. How about strength? How about the, the giftings that God has given you? The ability that's inherent in your body, the ability that's inherent in your mind and your skills. Are you using those like the creator intended you to use them? How about your wealth? God has given you the ability to create Wealth. Wealth is a gift from God, but it but for what purpose? So we can look really super fly and impress a bunch of people? Is it because so we can buy a more expensive car than people next door? I would suggest to you that we are absolutely misusing the gifts of God a lot like that demonstration of the toilet brush. So we painfully misuse the gifts of God. If you don't know the proper use, you are likely to misuse. This is why we must look to the creator and consult his handy user's manual. If you will look in God's word, you will find he says a lot about you. We sang that song today. I am who he says I am. Look in your Bible. If you're having trouble understanding you and getting you together, maybe you should look to the creator and what he said in his manual because he has said a lot about you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. This is the Message Bible. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. It's in who that we find this? It's in Christ. Long before we heard first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. Are you looking for your why today? Are you looking for your why? Are you looking to the creator? Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher. He's the creator. He's the one who starts the project. And he is the one who completes the project. And you are the project. In Jesus, we find out who we are. There's so many people that don't understand who they are. There's so many people that who they are changes with who they're around. It changes with, did the Dallas Cowboys win or lose? Or their sports team, like the Baylor Bears, who lost painfully in overtime yesterday to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Pray for your pastor, y'all. 
The Bible says before we knew him, he had his eye on us and had designs for us. Before you knew God, God knew about you. Before you understood all that God could do, God had instilled with you the ability to do amazing things. Maybe you should look to the creator today. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says this. We look at the sun and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. When you look at Jesus, you see God's original purpose for everything that was created. Don't go past that. You look at that. What, you want to understand your marriage better? Look to Christ. Christ is God's original purpose for marriage. You understand that? You're having trouble finding your focus in your career? Well, where should you look? The self-help aisle at Barnes & Noble? Or look to Christ, who is God's original template for everything's purpose. As a church, what should we look at? Should we just run to every uh, growth, uh, gro- church growth seminar out there and listen to every guru? They'll, they'll pay people. They'll fly them in for thousands and thousands of dollars. Let them walk through their church and go, oh, well, there's the problem right there. That greeter over there is not friendly enough. And that greeter over there, he, he didn't tie his shoelace. And that's why those families didn't come back. That's, that's what they'll do. And it's like, wow, well, that's really cool. You know what the Bible says you should do? If you want to grow your church and find out the purpose of your church, look to Christ. He is God's original purpose for everything he created. And it continues for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Want to find your purpose? It's found in him. Want to find your purpose? It's found in the Lord Jesus. Look to the creator for your why. You were born for this. Do you, do you have plans? Well, how far out do your plans reach? How far out do your plans reach? Some, some people probably have plans on where to eat after service, right? Mama's pizza, right? Again, for the 12th time in a row. Nothing wrong with it. Love it. Love that y'all are hanging out after church. But maybe that's, maybe that's your next plan. And after that, you're like wide open. Uh, maybe you have plans for tomorrow. I, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And uh, if I have time, I'm going to go do this, right? Some, and, and occasionally you meet some person that, that claims to be working on a, like a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, something like that, right? But how, how far do your plans go? I want to tell you that God has long-range plans for your life. Far beyond where you're going to eat tonight, what you're going to do tomorrow, or your five-year plan, God has long-range plans for you. God's plan for you goes way beyond this moment, tomorrow, the next year. God plans for you to spend more time on uh, the future side of life than you spend on the present side of life. Really, when you look at, at a tombstone, you just see those those, you see the birth date, you see the death date, and you, you're able to figure out how many years are in between. I'm telling you, their eternal soul is going to spend a lot more time outside of that parentheses of birth and death. God has long-range plans. Perhaps our purpose, our why, should not just incorporate today, 
but it should incorporate eternity. When you're trying to figure out your purpose, maybe you think about where you will spend the most of your time, and it's not actually in this life, it is in the life to come. Why didn't God start with me in heaven then? That's a good question, right? You know, if it's all about heaven, it's all about this eternal place. Why didn't God just start us there? You know, got a real simple answer for that. Here it is. You aren't ready for heaven. Now, I know you think you're an angel already. <coughs> Pardon me. But you aren't ready for heaven. God's, God plans on equipping you, not only for this life, but for an eternal life. This life is actually prep work. It's kindergarten. It's practice. It's getting ready. It is all focused on an eternal life to come. This is the dressing room. The eternal life is the real stage. God has long-range plans for your life. And God has never lost sight of his end game. God has never given up on you. Somebody needs to listen to that today. God has never given up on you. His plans for you are long range. Now sometimes you are worried about what you did today and so you can't get past today. God has never given up on you. <coughs> we lose sight on eternity. We lose sight on the practice realm called earth. And then things go a little bit wrong. And we're ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to give up. Can you all just pray for me for one second? Everybody, can you all do something spiritual? Pray for me. Man, thank you for praying for me. This cough's not going to stop me. We lose sight on eternity, which is the real place. It's the real destination. We're ready to throw in the towel because of a mistake. In a small little moment. Fraction of a second. God is more gracious about our mistakes than we are. Coach God tells us to get back on the field (coughs) and to try again. While we're ready to give up, God, your creator knows what and why we're created. And he believes in you. Isn't it good to know that God believes in us? I want to connect you with God's purpose today. Here it is. God planned me for his pleasure. Everyone say those words. God planned me (coughs) for his pleasure. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is... Love. God is love. Everyone, God is love. It does not say God needs love. It does not say God uh, is loving. It says God is love. Love is who God is. If you've ever been loved, <coughs> if your mind can define a moment where you felt unconditionally loved, without any fear, without any worry, I want to tell you that was a God moment. 
And God is just like that continually. Continually. Every moment, God is that way towards you. <clears throat> God does not need love, but God does desire our love. Let's look at some scripture to prove this. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says this. For you, God, created all things. And for your pleasure, they are and were created. Message says it like this. Worthy, O Master, yes, our God, take the glory, the honor, the power. You created it. It was all created because you wanted it. Because you wanted it. Why were you created? For God's pleasure. Why were you created? Because God wanted you. I'm telling you, your life, you can feel absolutely unwanted. I've been there. I've walked into places and felt like it would be best if I left. See your way out. Just an A-B conversation. See your way out. I want to tell you, it's not that way with God. God created you because he desires you. He wants you. Knowing all that you would do and all that you'd foul up and all that you'd mess up, he still wants you. But I've failed and I've sinned. I've fallen short of his glorious design on my life. Why does he keep me around? I want to tell you, his why has never changed. God's why has never changed. You are still his pleasure, and he still wants you. <laughs> Psalm 149 and 4 says this, For the Lord takes delight in what? In mega churches, right? In number one Christian best-selling authors, <laughs> right? Uh, no, God takes delight in his people. You are his people. It does not say God delights in you when, when you're quoting a Bible verse. Like the moment you're quoting a Bible verse, he's like, oh, I kind of like that. Like how you are on TV, you're like, you're going around, he's like, oh, I kind of like this. Let's watch this for a little bit. Boring. Let's move on. Like, God's not that way. He's like, oh, look, Rick's quoting a scripture. Oh, I like that, Rick. I like that. Oh, we stop. Clip. Like, he's on. Going to go over here. I'm going to see what Clyde's doing. All right. God, God does not just delight in you while you're sitting in a church. Some people think that. I want to tell you that God smiles when you are you, simply being you. Not just religious you, you know, religious you that tries to do all the right things, look the right way. and You know, you are about to say that word, but you're like, instead, you said faith instead. Not just perfect you, not just him singing you, but all of you. All of you makes God happy. God is happy when he thinks about you. Do you understand that? Parents like to watch their kids sleep. Anybody ever have a kid you like to watch them sleep? I still tiptoe into rooms just to watch my little angels. And let me tell you, they can be devils all day long. Sometimes they are. When they're in that room and they're sleeping, they're absolute little angels. And I don't, it's hard to explain the joy and the peace I have when I look down see them 
And what are they doing? They're not really doing anything. They're just being themselves at rest. And that's enough. I delight in you. God feels that way about you. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this. Praise be to the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. <coughs> Read it with me, please. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. <coughs> in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Everyone said amen. So God chose you before you could earn it, correct? God chose you before you could mess it up, correct? He chose us because of who he is. He is love, and he chose us because of who we are. We are his. <clears throat> I want to tell you that he did not choose nature. He didn't choose nature. Is nature beautiful? You bet. There are amazing sights to be seen, even in this mess of world. But God did not choose nature. He did not choose animals. Are animals amazing? Yeah, I love animals, but God did not choose animals. God chose you. I have right here a picture of the Grand Canyon, right here, and Mount Everest. And I could tell you amazing things about both these places. Both these places are just marvels when it comes to nature. I want to tell you, as great as these places are, they do not compare to you as the creation of God. God has given you an ability that nature doesn't have. Neither the Grand Canyon nor the Mount Everest have the ability that you have been given. You know that ability? I've got some cool pictures of animals right here. One of them is... The pygmy slow loris right there. One of the few uh, venomous mammals on the face of the planet. It's really interesting. And right here we have the elephant shrew. Those are kind of interesting to look at, aren't they? <coughs> God has given you ability that no animal has. Neither, neither slow loris right here. I'm sorry for everybody named loris. That's insulting. And the elephant Pick me right here. Neither of them have the ability that God has given you. It, it, it overshadows everything in all of creation. God is giving you something, nothing in nature, nothing in the animal kingdom can replicate. You know what it is? It is your why. It is what you were created for. God has given humans the ability to love God. That is what God has given you. God loves you and your ability to love God back is something nothing else in nature can realize how amazing it is. It's so amazing that all of heaven stands, gate, uh, get, mouths gaped open wide <coughs> when one person repents, turns to the Lord and declares him to be truly God. It is amazing to heaven. The ability of your heart to turn back to God is unlike any other thing in all of creation. 
What is the most important commandment? Jesus was asked these, this, this question. He answers it in two simple words. Here it is. Love God. That is the greatest commandment. The most important command and ability given to humans is to love this loving God of ours back. Hosea chapter 6 verse 6 says this. God's talking. He says, I want you to show love, not sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. This is the Lord speaking. God wants something that only you can give. God actually desires. He wants you to show him love. That's what he wants. He wants that from you. He wants you to know him more. Pastor of Saddleback Community Church, author of The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren, he reveals what he says to God every day. Every day he says this sentence to God. It's a good one. He says, I want to know you better and love you more. God, I want to know better. I want to know you more. I want to tell you, if you have a terrible day, like everything goes wrong, right? You lose it. You lose your temper. You say things you didn't want to say. All those things. You name that day. I don't have to describe it to you. You know it. But at the end of that day, if you were to know God a little better and to love God a little more, I want to tell you that, in fact, your terrible day is actually a great day. Reframe what, what makes a good day and a bad day. Let's turn, turn, turn this coin over. If you have a day where you sign a wealthy deal and you win an award, one of those great days. Oh, man, let's take a picture of this day. But if at the end of that day you can't say you know God better and you love God more, I would tell you that was not a great day. When you compare these days with the long-term plans of God, that day was a loss. Think about your days like that. Think about your days like that. You were born for this. Here's what you're born for. Know and love God. Sarah's going to come and sing for us in just a moment. It is possible to have success in your career, your education, your relationships, your health, your finances, yet miss the most important thing in life. Paul says something like this, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 21. He says, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. What's the most important thing in life? to know God. Have you lived that way lately? Have your thoughts been like that lately? Have you been running after every other little thing? Have you been desiring other things and putting God on the back burner to know Him? Are you missing the most important thing in life? Are you focused on things of secondary importance and missing out on what is of primary importance? If your financial manager called you with important information. He texted you said. Emergency exclamation points. Following. Would you call him back? Would you receive his call? Would you? Yeah. Alright. I know someone greater than your financial manager. 
And He is calling for you today. If you look down on your phone and you saw an emergency call from a family and friend, sometimes we have that, that family friend, they never call. When they call, you know, oh, I better, I better answer this. Would you answer that call when you saw them call? Well, will you answer God's call today because He is calling you? If your doctor, your teacher, your boss called you, would you recognize the importance of that call and answer it? I'm sure all of us would make that call. Well, do you recognize the importance of this call right now? So glad you came to church today. I'm glad you tuned in online today. But I wanted you to hear these words. It's really important. It is not enough. It is not enough. Everyone say, it's not enough. It's not enough. There is a God you need to know and love. You can come to church today and not know Him better and love Him more. You can listen to us online and not know Him better and love Him more. I'm telling you, you listen to me. Going to church is not enough. I received a call this week from a friend who is a young Christian, very young in his faith. He told me of something God had done for him. God had taken away a desire to do wrong, a, a, a thing that was out of control in his life and bad habits that were bad and pulling him down. And he knew they were ungodly. And my friend said this. He said, Chris, I don't know how to say it. He was, he was a little nervous that what he was going to say would like freak me out or something. But he says it was like God had lifted this weight off of my chest and I was free. Anybody ever have a moment like that where God just like lifted off a of guilt? He lifted off a of depression. He lifted off a of sickness. God can just reach down and just pick those things up off of you. He was like, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that okay to experience that? Is that a redemption church? Let me ask you that today. Is it okay to experience God like that? Oh, you better believe it. I felt so strong to tell my friend what I'm about to tell you. As I told this to my friend, I knew that you would need to hear it. So here it goes today. I told my friend, it is so good that this supernatural miracle has happened. You have encountered God. God is real. And you've encountered him. Then I told him this. There are many people who have gone to church service after church service. Heard sermon after sermon. And have never encountered God like you just experienced. And then I told him this. From now on, you cannot be satisfied to just attend another church service. Sing another worship song or hear another sermon. From now on, you're going to insist on having another encounter with God. I'm telling you, I'm so glad for the people in this church that have encountered God. But I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong if you can just go another day without encountering Him. No, the purpose in life is to know Him more and to love Him better. To know Him more and to love Him better. 
There is a God and you can encounter him today. If you got a burden on you, I'm telling you that the Lord can pull that burden right off of you. If you've got a guilt in your past, the Lord will reach right down and pull it off you. I feel the anointing of God as I tell you, you listen to this preacher. Come encounter him today. Don't let today pass you by. Come to this altar. It's open right now. There is a God and you can love him better today. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.